0: All right. So without further ado, I'm gonna welcome up Pastor Ronnie Henderson. He's gonna just minister to us here tonight. Let's welcome up Pastor Ronnie. wife uh, has a new uh, iPad and she let me bring it. So I'm, tr- I'm trying to use notes off of iPad. So if I get way ahead, you'll know that I just really just kind of hit the wrong button. <laughs> and, uh, it's so great being with you. It's, uh, it was wonderful being with you last year. And uh, I feel like I'm at home and, uh, you, you know, at IHOP, we're all 25, well, not all of us, I'm not, but most, most of us are 25 and under. <laughs> I, I feel like that also. And, uh, but it, it's much like you. Uh, 25 and under or 30 and under. And, uh, I just, I really feel at home. And also in the, in the place of, uh, Uh, being um, um, in your prayer room last night. We were able to get to your prayer room and to the new ET1 campus. And, you know, there's an anointing there. I mean, we walked into the office. And and when I walked into the office, I felt the presence of the Lord just hit me. And I said, yes. See, I, I love the presence of the Lord. And we all should love the presence of God. And uh, this weekend, I, I'm hoping that, and I just feel the presence of the Lord is going to be with us all weekend. That the Lord wants to minister to all of us. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, I just uh, as far as the, the prayers, even tonight, is concerning the, uh, the, the street workers or the, the prostitutes. You know, God's breaking in through the nations. And, and, and releasing those in captivity. And uh, just a quick story, since most of you you know Kirk Bennett. Kirk was actually in South Africa, and he took a team of forty to South Africa from IHOP, and they were ministered. They ministered for over a month, and uh, as they were they were walking, they, they did a prayer walk into this area that's considered one of the most dangerous areas in all the world, and as they're walking down the street they come across one of the brothels and and the cool thing was that the, the police was escorting them through the city through the area and one of the guys uh, i think actually maybe been kirk kirk said i i would love the opportunity to talk to some of the ladies in the brothel and he said we can arrange that the police did and and so they raided the brothel Kid you not, they raid the brothel. They, sh- they go in and they, they, they shut it all down and they lined all the girls up and said they want to pray for you and talk to you. They literally lead some of the women unto the Lord. And there was one, one young lady. She says, you know, I come from another nation and I've been trapped in this for all these years. And she said, I won't free. Kirk turns to the police officer. And he said, can you arrest her? And he said, can you arrest her and have her taken out of here? They arrest her. They take her out of there. And they put her on an underground path to freedom. Listen, our God is able. And he's... He, Desires to set those who want free. And through your prayers, you have authority to bring freedom to the captives. You know, we believe at IHOP. That in the prayer room, in the place of prayer, there's power and authority. That God's leadership, his rulership, he rules from that place of prayer. And I'm so excited about your new prayer room. I believe it's a place for you to take authority together in the place of humbling yourself and coming into the place of agreement with God. I, I I know you're just beginning. And I know it won't be easy. But I promise you, the Lord is with you. And I've traveled the nations. And I've watched many houses of prayer in the place of being birthed, uh, one one that I'm aware of just recently is in Penang, Malaysia. It's an island in Malaysia, and Seth and I were was there this past year, and uh, actually in January. And I, I want you to know, there's fire in this this little house of prayer in Penang, Malaysia. And the truth is, uh, Christian, you probably need to grab a hold of this young man. He's about 26 years old, and, uh, and we thought we were we were going in to help them. It's actually the home of, of our CEO, at IHOP, uh, in Penang. And this young man, he he sits down at the keyboard, and uh, again we brought IHOP, key, uh, one of the best IHOP keyboardists in the house, and uh, and we we brought some of the amazing worship. But this young man sits down at the keyboard, and he he starts. As he enters in, this presence of the Lord is ushered in. I, I'm talking about you could really feel it. It was like, wow, we're in the presence of God with almost a, just a touching of the keyboard. See, we need God's anointing. It's not about how good we are. It's about his presence in the midst of us. And uh, But this young man, he hits the keys. And the power of God is ushered in, and He's leading a group of guys about your age, and, and there's there's probably about seventy or eighty, but they're turning the town upside down. I, I kid you not. this week he, he, he emailed me. He wanted Seth and I to come in to help them do 168 hours of prayer, and uh, they're they're actually they're partnering with local churches. Uh, they're actually going into local churches and say, can we bring our team into your church and, and, and to lead pr- uh, a worship sets in your church? And as they said, the pastors are saying, yes, come on. And so all of a sudden, they're having prayer, praying churches, birthing, praying in churches all over the city. Uh, but this week, it's 168 hours. Seven days, 24-7, in one location, a call assembly in that location. And, and I promise you, they're turning the town upside down. It's an Islamic nation. And uh, actually, YWAM is actually joining them. I, I'm telling you, God is about building His house of prayer for the nations. Amen. And I'm so excited for you. I, Before I get into the message... I. I really felt like I had a, had a word of what the Lord wants to do this week. And uh, I was reading the, the story about the Mayus Road. And, uh, and uh, does that ring a bell? And, and, uh, and, and, I, and I feel that you already know the story. I'm not even going to tell you the story. But I believe the part that the Lord wants to release Burning hearts. He wants to open eyes to the scripture and to release burning hearts. Burning hearts. Now, I believe all, uh, I know when I, uh, the Lord was doing a, a, a crazy work in my own life, that one of the things he did was my heart began Burning. And for months upon months, my heart just burned. And also, I led a, a team into Myanmar three years ago. And uh, we were in a village. Uh, uh, we're about 10 miles from the Indian Ocean in a, in a delta area where a hurricane had actually devastated the land. And as I'm, as we're in this area... Uh, i 'm in a Buddhist village with about a thousand people, and as we entered into this Buddhist village, uh, I was, uh, was encouraged uh, was told, I really felt like the Lord said, "Have your team share their testimony. A simple word: tell, me, tell the testimony, Tell them how you came to Jesus and it, as we did, there were three of them gave their testimony. I mean it was quick, the translation was very poor in that time. And so they, they, they gave a quick testimony, and all of a sudden, I hear the Lord. He said, ask the people about their hearts. Now, we had gathered 50 of the, of the key leaders, including the, um, the chieftains of the village. It was the primary leaders. And I, and I said, how many of your hearts are burning right now? All 50 raised their hands. I said to him, I said, I said, this is the invitation for my Jesus to make him Lord of your life. And all 50 of them, all 50 of them gave their life to Jesus. And I'm convinced that the burning hearts continued, continued in the village. The truth was, while we were giving, leading the leaders... My team was in the village and they were seeing signs and wonders. Healings break out everywhere they went. Signs and wonders. God was affirming the testimony. I'm going to pray for you. For burning hearts. Father, we ask. That in this house, over this weekend, that you would release burning hearts. That hearts would burn with the gospel. That hearts would burn to the power of your Holy Spirit. God, we ask that you release an anointing in this house. Much like Brownsville. There would be a breaking in of revival fire. That would burn hearts, not only in this house, but also the parent house. As the new pastor comes in, God, I ask you to hit him with a fire of the Holy Spirit. A fire of the Holy Spirit. That you'd break into revival in the Presbyterian house, as well as this house. And that you'd start a fire that would ravish this city in the name of Jesus. And I prayed for the new house of prayer in the eighty-one campus. There'd be fire. That anybody that walks into that house would get touched with the anointing and power of God. Come, Lord. Come in this house. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Burning hearts. I want you to turn with me to the scriptures. It's going to be just a quick scripture, but I may have several before the night's over. Turn with Genesis 15, one. Genesis 15, 1. The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. I reward Abram. Now, you know, we've seen many people come to IHOP, many of the many pastors come to IHOP, and and often we find that they're burned out, that they're disillusioned with the place of ministry, that they're 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 ready to give up. And uh, and and the key question is how does that really happen when we have somebody that's been on fire with God that is determined to serve the Lord, but all of a sudden they're depressed, they're downcast, and and, and they they're they're ready to give up. Now I want to suggest to you by pursuing that this happens by pursuing God in ministry with a wrong mindset. The good news is that renewal is within the reach of each and every believer. And we need but the key thing is we must change our mindset. Abraham is referred to as the father of faith. And that's in Romans 416. 6, 4, the Lord appeared here to him to show him how to truly live his life of faith. The Lord revealed it to him that He was the reward. Now, we also find in Genesis 12, 2, where Abraham was promised many great things. We find the Lord says to him, I will make you, Abraham, a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great. Now, that sounds pretty good, right? How would you like the Lord to say that to you? I I, want to make your... You're a great nation. I want to bless you. and I want to make your name great. But but God promised here Abraham wealth, honor, and a historical significance in all of history. We all should have that desire deep in us. There's nothing wrong with us to have a desire in us to be great. God's placed that desire in each and every one of us. I mean, I don't know about you. I, I want to I preach great revivals. I want to see the fire fall from heaven. I want to see the Lord's return. I, I want to still be here. When God shows up. When Jesus shows up. I want to do great things. There's nothing wrong with that. God placed that deep inside of each and every one of us. Don't let nobody tell you any different. But there's two major categories of God's blessings or rewards in our life. Our primary reward, and this is key, and I believe it's key especially within the Korean culture or let's say the Korean culture and the Western American mindsets. You know, we, in America we talk about the American dream. And, uh, and we, but it's all about doing, it's about achievements. It's, it's, but, but this is a mindset that we have. But here we find two categories of God's blessings or rewards in life. But our primary reward is Jesus. We, we need to settle that. This is a mindset that we must settle. Our primary reward is Jesus himself. Our secondary reward includes God's favor on relationships, circumstances, health, and wealth, along with authority to influence or make impact on others. Our secondary rewards must not hinder our primary rewards. Let me say that again. Our secondary rewards are wealth. Our, our doing, our missions, must not hinder our primary reward. Often, when our external blessings increase, people get preoccupied with doing the secondary rewards, and they forget the primary reward. John, uh, Third John, chapter verse two says, "I pray that you prosper in all things and be in good health." Just as your soul prospers, it's, a second, it's, it's, a, it's really identifying the two different types of rewards. Now, disappointment often happens in our life when the secondary reward is delayed or when, they, in, when they, in, they increase and decrease in different seasons of our lives. Jesus referred to this as a pruning process. You know, you've been through the pruning, right? Right. You know, all of us go through the pruning process and we start looking to try to find what sin we have in our life. What's going on? What's taking place? And we start paying attention why the secondary rewards is not taking place. Jesus referred to this as the place of being pruned. You can look at it in John 15 When Jesus, But when Jesus is our primary reward, we do not get burned out. When we, when we come to the place of making Jesus our primary reward, we don't get burned out. Our mindset is stayed in the place of our relationship with the Lord Jesus. He's primary. He is our reward. We, secondary rewards is often delayed and often diminished because our heart can be revealed, renewed daily in encountering Jesus. We must move to this place of encountering Him. I, I pastored a church for seven, eight years. And I remember uh, trying to help people understand the, these dynamics of primary and secondary. But I remember this one guy. He says, you know, Pastor, I, I don't understand why I'm not being rewarded. He said, I'm giving my tithe. I'm praying daily. I'm fasting. Why is he not showing up? Why is he not giving me the secondary reward? But the issue, the real issue was he needed to make Jesus his primary reward. He is your primary. Now, the apostle John, in his testimony, I love the life of John. I love John the Beloved. and uh, But his life, we can look at his life, and it provides a picture of... Of what this Jesus 15 mindset means as a young man John was had a wrong mindset I mean he was a 20 year old brash apostle uh, he he was he, he was gun-ho out there very uh, aggressive in about uh, doing and becoming great and and uh, and uh, he, Jesus actually prophesied over him that he was a son of thunder. And, uh, and he did. He, he acted this out. Now, the Lord, in his prophecy, was really talking about the older John. Okay? But he tried to act out this place of a son of thunder in the wrong spirit as a young man. As a young man... He expressed it in a very fleshly personality. You know, ladies, you know how that looks in us men, right? Becoming sons of thunder. We're we're thunderous. Sometimes not very smart. You know what I'm talking about. We try to achieve things in our own fleshly way. Our hearts are filled with ambition, lust, rejection. Anger, bitterness, and fear, but the thunder of uh, of the heart of God's heart expresses how he loved how he loved John. This young, brash apostle of pride became an elderly apostle of love. Now listen, John wrote his Gospel of John when he was about ninety years old, and he. As he wrote the scripture, he describes himself in John 22 as the one that Jesus loved. This is how he described his life story. He says, I'm the one that Jesus loved. This is in verse is actually John 21, 20. And he says this. Peter saw the disciple. This is John writing. Peter saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, And he's also the one who leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is this who betrays you? I want you to capture what I'm trying to say. At 90 years old, five times in the scripture, John signs the book that he writes. As he said, He's saying, I'm the one that Jesus loved. This is the primary thing in John's life. He's saying, I'm the one he loved. This is who I am. This is my identity. I'm the one that Jesus loved. And he even goes to the place of saying, I'm the one who leaned on his chest. Can you imagine this rough, tough guy leaning his head on the breast of Jesus? How many of you guys would do that? Just leaning in. John wanted to be known by how he related to Jesus and not what he accomplished in his life. His identity was based on his relationship with Jesus and not his ministry for Jesus. In this verse, we see how John carried his heart before God. This gives us much insight into how he lived and what he did and why he did it. This passage defines What it meant for Jesus to be as primary a reward and and to live as a son of thunder. Our primary reward is to know and to feel his love for us and to to, to be able to be one who loves him with all our heart. And uh, it's like he, he had to, he knew, he had confidence that he was one who was loved by God. You know, John was, didn't identify himself in the scripture as the one who, who, who started the church. I mean, he had one of the greatest resumes in all history. I mean, for real. This guy had an incredible resume. If we look at his life, he was the one that Jesus on the cross said, John, take care of my mom. I mean, how would you like that on your history? I mean, take care of my mom. The son of God tells him to take care of my mom. You and I, we would be telling everybody that story. Well, whenever Jesus was dying, he trusted his mom to me. Come on, I know you. I know me. I know the stories I would tell. I was with Jesus. I, I watched him. As he fed the 5,000. And the next day, 4,000. I was with him. I actually started the revivals. I was in the upper room when that's the Spirit of the Lord fell. I was one of the original apostles. I even knew Paul. (laughs) Can you imagine the name dropping that John did? He said, "I, I even am an author. I wrote five books in the Bible. The Holy Word. I wrote five books. And get this. This is the thing that blows my mind. In Revelation 21, 14. It says that his name was written on the foundation of the new Jerusalem. I feel the spirit of the Lord on that. His name was written on the foundation of the new Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Yet John, listen, John never mentions his own name in the gospel that he wrote. But he refers to himself five times as the disciple whom Jesus loved. You know, he even even says as he's writing, he said, you know, there's so many things. He he, he talks about the... um, That Jesus did so many things that even the the world was not able to handle all its writings. And John says, "I I experienced all those things. Yet, his identity was based on the confidence of being loved by God. Now, this reminds me, I, I just, my prayer for you is that all of us has this level of confidence in, our, in the love of God for us. That we really are able to feel the, the dynamics of his presence in our hearts. That our hearts are, are stirred and, and, and stretched and, and that, that we feel the emotions. That we all have the confidence that we're his favorite ones. I think I shared last year that Gabrielle, my daughter. Uh, how, many, do you, how many remembers Gabrielle? Gabby's my 16-year-old. I have a thirty, uh, a 27-year-old, Sas 25. I have a 20-year-old, 20, 20 and Gabrielle's my baby. She's 16, and all her life I've been telling her she's my favorite one. And, uh, but, but the truth is I've been telling all of them that they're my favorite ones. I'm not lying. They're all my favorite ones, but Gabrielle, she expresses it. And, uh, she she said, I'm your favorite one, right, dad? I said, of course. And, uh, and, and, and I, we did a, um. All our children we would take on senior not senior trips, but when they turned thirteen, we would take them on a trip to a special place uh, i took uh, I took Sarah Sarah, my eldest, uh, to washington d c and we spent a week just going through all the museums and hanging out together and uh, my uh, uh, Seth we went to Cancun together and just hung out and uh and It was just awesome time and uh and then Sean, my youngest son, we did a Disney cruise, uh, seven days in the Caribbean, and uh, and uh, but then Gabrielle, we had actually we were walking, we, we had moved to the place of leaving the church, going to IHOP, and when you go to IHOP, you live by faith, and uh, and 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 there were no there were no money, so Gabby turned thirteen, she turns fourteen. And I wasn't able to do nothing, and I was feeling so bad. I, I one day I was driving down the road, and I said, "Gabrielle," I said, "You know, things have not been easy, and we've not been able to take you on your thirteenth birthday and your, your trip." And I said, "You're already 14. She said, "Daddy, it's me." She said, "It's Gabrielle." She said, "It's okay, Dad." She said. She was saying, she said, "You know, I'm your favorite one, and I know you're. I'm your favorite one. It's okay, Dad. It will happen." And uh, we were able to take her to J. June Island after we left here last year. Aww. And uh, and uh, and so and she, but she's holding me. She said, "We're going someplace else too." <laughs> and uh, she's she's gonna she's going milk it for everything it's worth. And uh, but listen. She has a confidence deep inside of her that she's my favorite one. And I hope and pray that every one of my children, including Seth, who's listening to me, know (laughs) that he's my favorite one. Because that's how the Lord looks at you and I. And we must have this confidence deep inside of us, bedded deep inside of us, that we're his favorite ones. Did you know that? Can you receive that? Can you receive that you're his favorite one? Often we look at well, I understand how he could maybe love Pastor Christian and and and, 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 and he can even love Mina and uh, and uh how he can love Rodney, but me. And often we are covered with shame in our life for things that we have done and and we, we can't, we don't believe that He really loves us or, or even that He can forgive us. But I want you to know, even in the midst of everything that you've done, that the power of the blood of Jesus covers all your sins. And the power of the blood, He did it for you. He loves you so much. One of the things we found so present in the midst of our awakenings and revival was that many had a trouble receiving the power of His love, and uh, and uh, but one of the key things the Lord began revealing that it was the the very pride of our hearts that we felt like that we we would not be able to receive the, the the forgiveness for our sins. And, and this is a real issue of pride in our lives, thinking that our sins are too, is too big for the blood of Jesus. I want you to know, there's nothing that you've done that Jesus will not forgive you of. And set you free, and, play, and cast it aside to the point where you'll never have to deal with it again. There's power in the blood of Jesus. Our greatest reward is to walk in this anointing, to understand and to feel God's love. Our confession, our confession in our heart must be, Father, you love me like you love Jesus. This makes our life great and meaningful. John took a, took, took a hold of this truth. And his foundation, his identity was based totally in this place of the love of God. Even 70 years later, he was still saying, I am the disciple whom Jesus loved. He included this truth as part of his signature. And when we have this same confidence that we are his greatest prize and the very apple of his eye, then we'll have power to overcome everything. We'll have power and boldness to go forth and, and be, accomplish the things that God's ordained in our lives. In our weakness, He delights in us. And we must confess that. Now, I want to continue just on that, looking at John. I want to look at his heart and see if we can uh, uh, agree with this. John positioned himself to receive God's secrets as he leaned in upon Jesus. John's journey from a wrong spirit to the son of thunder in the spirit, a transformation by the son of power. In his prideful youth, John was preoccupied with having preeminence over others. I'm going to speak this because I feel like we need to identify with John and where God took him in the place of the transformation. On the road to Capernaum... In, in Mark 9, we see the disciples, disciples arguing about who is the greatest. Have you ever done that? And, uh, but they, but they, Jesus asked them what was going on. And they all became quiet, none of them would answer him. But then a, a few days later, after Capernaum on the way to Jerusalem, James and John asked again. They come to Jesus and they ask, can we be your main guys? In the season ahead, can one of us sit at your right hand and one at the left hand? You can read it in Mark 10, 32 through 41. And Jesus said, can you drink my cup? And they were asking, can we be in in heaven? Can we be your primary people? Now, how many has that attitude? Come on, it's okay. Oh, I mean, I would like to, a seat like that. What about you, Christian? Is that fine? And uh, but then, and basically, Jesus said, "I can't answer that." Uh, two weeks later, we find John's mother coming to Jesus. This is in Matthew 20, and she says, "This is the mother of Zebedee's son came to him, asking something from him." And he said to her, what do you wish? She said, grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and one on your left. I mean, this is a big deal. I mean, when the two, the two brothers, they came. And when they didn't get their way, they sent mom. <laughs> I, I can imagine a, a little Korean woman. coming to Jesus in a persistent and consistent way. <laughs> My two boys, can they sit with you in the heavens? Can they rule and reign with you? Then we have John stopped, a, just a few days later, John stopped a man from casting a demon out of a tormenting person because they were not under their authority. This is in Luke 9. He's, he's basically saying, hey, they don't go to New Philly, therefore you can't cast the demons out. He, he wanted to, to have all authority. And, and Jesus rebukes him and says, hey, listen, this is a good thing. And then we find John John wanted to call fire down on a city that did not receive them. They're walking, walking from city to city. And here we have... John says it was a racial issue between the Jews and Samaria, and when they went through, they basically would not receive Jesus. And all of a sudden, they said, "I'm going to call fire down. I can see John. We're calling fire down, Lord." He said, Whoosh. "And uh, and the truth is, a few days earlier, they had been in the Mount of Transfiguration with Elijah." And I believe that John was saying, I was with Elijah a few days ago. And you know what he did? He called fire down. He said, I got that Elijah anointing. We're going to call fire down here on Samaria. I actually had a youth minister. And uh, some we were building this church. and uh, And... Somebody came in and stole some stuff in our church while we were building it, and um, I came in and my youth minister was angry. He said we should call fire down upon them. He said we release that we'll call the fire down from heaven and and just totally kill them. I said Rodney, I said you you need we need to pray for their salvation and your salvation also. And. But but we had this, I mean, this is the spirit. I want you to know, this is the spirit that John had. The the cool thing, you know, God has a, a great sense of humor. This same, if we go to Acts 8, this same group of guys that he's trying to call fire down from heaven. It's the same group of people that him and Peter goes in in Acts 8 and releases the fire of the Holy Spirit. It's the same group of people. Just a, a, a year or so later, they're going in and laying hands and the fire of God falls and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine? I can imagine Peter. I so, said, well, we wanted to kill these guys a couple of years ago, Peter. But now we're releasing the fire of the Lord. Now, here's the summary of this. John was a fiery Thunderous man who wanted to to be over others then he rebuked people for moving in God's power and he rebuked a village for not wanting God's power and, uh, and but he, this, that, that was the attitude he had but then as a 90 year old man he acknowledges the my primary reward is Jesus and Jesus himself application we can also be transformed. You and I can be transformed to live like sons of thunder. The Lord will transform us from being sons of thunder in the flesh to sons and thunders in the Holy Spirit. This begins as we change the focus of our primary dream of our heart from seeking increased blessings on circumstances in ministry to going deep with the Holy Spirit in relationship. We must see ourselves differently and change our confession before God. We are those who are loved by Jesus, who lean on His heart. This is who we are. We must change our confession, not about how and how much we can do for Him, but we must change our confession that we're loved by Him. This is who we are. He tells, our, he tells us secrets, the secrets of his heart. You know, when Jesus, when John was leaning on Jesus and he's declaring that, he's, he's saying this. He says, I'm intimate with him. He tells me the secrets of his heart. You and I, we must be a people in this season that know the secrets of his heart. No, it can't be about us doing our own thing. It's like the song that you sung. About, about Jesus knowing the Father's heart. You and I must lean in on Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we must know His heart for the season that we live in. We must know how He feels about us. We must know what He's doing that we might agree with Him. This is about us learning to lean in. Even in our weakness, we are the ones that He deeply loves. He delights in us and considers us lovely and longs to give himself to us. We must confess, I am your beloved, your favorite one. You delight in me. You know, I I really believe it's key. Even in your your prayer time, even whenever you enter into that place of prayer, we need to declare with our voice that we're his favorite ones, that he delights in us. We need to speak this with our voice. We're going down the road. I'm his favorite one. I'm a king's son. You know, this is who I am. I have an inheritance with you, Jesus. I mean, I take this to to a a degree. I, I ask the Lord for great parking places. So I'm a king's son. I, I, did, I just, give me an inheritance today. I want a parking place. Especially in Seoul. But I mean, my, my point is this. You, you need to declare who you are. And we must come to the place of having a trans, transformation of our understanding of who we are. Because many of us think that we're no good and we're low and we have no value. But that's not what the Lord says. That's not what the Word says. We're people of value and we're His favorite ones and we belong to Him. Well, we must come to grips with our identity as sons and daughters. We must come to, to grips with this identity we need to begin confessing it. John 15, 9 says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Psalms 18, 19 says this, He delivered me because He delighted in me. We need to set our hearts to live as extravagant lovers of Jesus. We must learn what we're confessing and and learn to lean in upon Him. We must commit our position and position ourselves to receive from Him by feeding on His Word. Sit at His feet. Listen, this prayer room that you guys are building, oh, you, you need to waste yourself in the place of sitting at His feet. Like Mary, like John. Sit at His feet. One of the things, one of the blessings we have at IHOP is a place where we spend... We, one of our requirements is 24 hours in the prayer room. Each of the staff people, 24 hours. And I do mine two days in a row. I do 12 hours. 24 hours. And, uh, and you know, the first couple hours always is kind of difficult. And, uh, but once I get into a zone with the Lord... I can sit at His feet and enjoy Him. That doesn't mean I don't stop and have a cup of coffee. Sometimes when I begin nodding off, I need a cup of coffee. But I'll go out and I'll come back in in a place of of contending and and to be in His presence. And and it's important. I I believe you have an opportunity as, as a church and as a people to sit at His feet like Mary of Bethany like John the Beloved, and begin understanding what He's declaring over you. Our life is so often so busy that we don't have opportunity to, to, to even understand what He thinks about us. We need to begin learning this place of positioning ourselves. We need to learn to confess who we really are before Him, what His Word says about us, and we sit long hours before Him. We must live by our spiritual identity, what God's saying about us, and not what others are saying about us. You know, you guys are special. Just receive that. That's what he's saying about you. He said, I love these guys. Said, if these guys could just get what John got. And you said, well, John walked with Jesus. Listen, do you know who resides in you? Do you know who is inside of you? No, for real. Jesus Christ, his spirit is in you and I. In us. Jesus Christ inside of us is the hope of glory. He's here. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. John didn't have that, he had an external Jesus but not until he got baptized in the Holy Spirit did he have an internal Jesus, but you have Jesus inside of you. You need to talk to Him, communicate to Him. I promise you that there's many of us that go have days that we don't even talk to him, yet he's there inside of us. We need to hear his voice. He is. He is our reward. Don't. Don't get the secondary ahead of the primary. That's the trick of the enemy. Jesus Christ is the primary reward for you and I. Amen. We want to pray tonight for burning hearts. And that the fire of the Lord would give you confidence. That there'd be a shift in mindsets. I pray that there'd be a shift in mindsets, a shift in attitudes. That God would break in in power. That He would really touch you. That you would carry, that you would know who you are. And that He would be deep. And that no matter what trial that you might go through, that you would know that you're His beloved. That confidence would come upon you that the Spirit of the Lord would affirm inside of you through the fire of the Lord. Why don't you just stand up?